Welcome to Your Creative Chord Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Lee Hodgins. This is episode two of four in a podcast series called Using Variety and Gumption as Creative Fuel, featuring creator Kristen Baum, role model as an impeccable creative woman. Today's episode features my dialogue with guest Kristen Baum, an L.A.-based composer, writer, and poet. If you missed part one, you can find the link below. If you want to explore creativity, hear about other creators, or get more inspiring stories to empower you, please join me at yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. That is yourcreativechord, C-H-O-R-D, dot com forward slash get inspired here. Let's jump back into my interview with L.A.-based creator Kristen Baum. I noticed on your website that you're involved with the Alliance for Women Film Composers, which is kind of a new organization, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And since you're talking about this kind of a feminist issue of, you know, women getting more involved as film composers and noting that noticing that the doors weren't necessarily opening for you initially. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of in sync with, I, I don't know much about that organization. I know it's based in LA. Can mm-hmm. you tell us a little bit about it and what your involvement is with it? If there's anything you want to share about that? I sure can. Yes. A few years ago, perhaps four or five, and I don't remember uh, specifically, Doreen Ringer Ross uh, of BMI uh, brought together a room full of women composers. She is the vice president of film and TV music. And I, I potentially have gotten that title wrong and I apologize <laughs> Doreen if I did. Um, she is amazing. I am a member of BMI and, uh, when she brought us all together into that room, I have to tell you, I think I had to pick my jaw up off the floor. I was so surprised that there were so many women composers. It was kind of a shock to me. And Were these all women, only women composers in L.A. specifically? I think that there were more than that that were invited. I do know that uh, the invitation was extended to Rachel Portman, who wasn't able to come. And um, Rachel is not um, L.A.-based. Okay. And so I think I probably would have passed out if she had been in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for not coming, Rachel. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's funny. But there were other people that were there that were um, personal heroes of mine because they were women out doing the scoring thing. I got to meet Wendy and Lisa, who had scored Heroes, and I had just um, watched Heroes. I got to see uh, a friend, Claudia, uh, who works with her husband, Atticus Ross, and scores with him and his brother, Leo. There was just this room filled with women, many of whom I did not know, and some of whom I did know. And I had, you know, as a longtime want-to-be film composer, I had studied absolutely everything I could from a distance. 
and had at one point read an interview that Lolita Ritmanis had done in I don't even know what um, magazine. And so she was there and Laura Karpman was there and Miriam Cutler was there and they all had been able to somehow carve out their own film scoring careers, even kind of um, in spite of L.A.'s no thank you, closed door kind of policy. It was just an amazing luncheon that Doreen put on. And she just said, I think it's time that we all look around and realize that there are a lot of us. It's time for us to kind of come together and know that. It was a kind of a historic moment. When was this? Perhaps five years ago. Not that long ago. Okay. Not that long ago. But this was not the Alliance for Women film composers. Was it something else or was this the beginning of it? It was the spark that kind of set uh, a few of the ladies talking and a few of them got together and said, hey, we could turn this into a thing. Gotcha. Doreen sponsored another thing in which she got ladies from uh, women in film together with women composers, uh, again at BMI. And then uh, from, I think, that moment, the Alliance for Women Film Composers sort of coalesced through the discussions of Miriam Cutler, uh, Laura Karpman, and Lolita Ripmanis. Thank you. That's really wonderfully laid out for us. What is the purpose of that organization? Uh, the I would say the primary purpose of the organization is to create a presence uh, that says, we are here and we do this. Okay. So Women I composers think, exist. We're here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I, I have to tell you, I was just on a collaborative uh, writing residency and just got back yesterday. Oh, yes. But I was talking with my uh, co-writer, and she uh, works at one of the big museums in town. And she said they they hosted a um, film screening uh, by a group of uh, ladies who had created a movie and who apparently were unable to find a female composer. And um, I think it is growing easier and easier to find uh, women composers. I mean, if, if you really want to find them, I think you could probably Google women composers. Right, now, yeah. As a search, yes, as a search term. And that Alliance for Women Film Composers would probably pop up as one of those first things. Yes. And they have a directory or something too, right? Yes. You, you can search the directory and find who's doing what. I mean, there's just, we are as varied as the men mm-hmm. in what we do. So you can find whatever composer you want to in whatever direction you want to go. Isn't that something that they, they had that film ready and they couldn't find a woman composer and they want one. Why is this an issue that doors hadn't been opened for women until just recently? And they're not just being opened, but I feel like they're being pushed open by the women from the outside in. Right. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic, this place that we're at in history, not just for women composers, but for women in general everywhere. Right. And I, I see it just as a big kind of confluence of reaction to... 
power systems and structures that are um, perhaps antiquated and uh, the desire point of women and women coming together. Social media is, you know, I mean, it's, it's the beast that we love to hate. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it has shown a lot of things. And one of the things that it has shown is that there are a great deal of women out there that are uh, ready to do things and wanting to do things and coming together and saying, we do things. Um, And yeah, so really kind of um, the positive end of that is that you can find women composers or whatever it is that you're looking for more easily and more readily. Right. To give us insight into your musical identity, what do you consider your instrument? I am a pianist. I'm also an organist, but I like to take the long way. So I don't always have to uh, understand something immediately to still be able to grasp it. At one point, my mother told me, you were never really a natural. That's (laughs) funny. um, (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, So I, but I was the one that stuck with it. So, um, and I really loved music so very much. And, you know, that first teacher was really instrumental for me because she said, um, because my brother, my older brother really was quite natural at it mm. and I was not, she decided she was going to put me in an entirely different book so that there wouldn't be a possibility of comparison. So, so she put me in this book nice. called The Discovery yeah. Method. Mm-hmm. And it, Sorry, what uh, was the book? I didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. It was called The Discovery Method. Okay. And it, it had an emphasis on, emphasis on ear training as much as it did on playing. Okay. And so it has served me incredibly well. So let's see, fast forwarding, I um, took piano all the way through high school and then decided I would go on to college and study music in college. And I would say probably at first I thought, you know, maybe I can teach piano. And then I had a boyfriend at the time who inadvertently was incredibly instrumental in my deciding my path. He um, listened to me play at one point and then not quite patted me on the head, but um, it was a little bit like that. He was um, <laughs> he was in medical school and thought that maybe having a wife that plays piano and cooks and does lovely things would oh be Oh, my. Wow. And um, I got a little bit upset. And I decided, okay, well, if there's going to be a doctor in the house, it's going to be me. (laughs) Love it. I set myself on a track of getting a PhD in uh, music theory and composition. I ended up not doing that. I stopped with the master's degree because I realized fairly quickly that getting a PhD in theory and composition meant that you basically would be teaching Uh, in a college level and... uh, When I was at Youngstown State University doing my graduate work, I had a teaching assistantship and they actually gave me my own theory class to teach remedial theory at the college level. And learned you didn't want to do it. Yes, yes. I I could see 30 years ahead of going to class every day and students who didn't really care whether they learned music theory or not. Um, And I thought that was not it. So I've spent a lot of my life um, 
figuring things out by process of elimination. One of my moments, process of elimination, to say, this isn't it. And, you know, the law firm work was also process mm -hmm. of elimination. This isn't it. Um, and so, yeah, so here I am in L.A. finally. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, this I want it, but this is only part of it. Right, right. I want to say, just to back up a little bit and say, you know, a lot of my audience are people that are in interested in nurturing their creativity or their some of it some of them are interested in musical skills or film scoring etc and your story of as even as a child not necessarily being a natural at your that what is considered now your instrument the piano and the organ is right. incredibly encouraging for people that it doesn't mean that you have to be good at something immediately and right. how how you stuck with that and you know carved your path to learn it in the long run. And now that's your, in, you know, piano and organ are your instrument. That That's a, an amazing story. I'm reading a book by Herbie Hancock right now called Possibilities. And he's one of my uh, idols musically. And Wonderful. he was just a natural, you know, as soon as he started and he studied classical music and it, he took to it really quickly, but he also worked really hard at it constantly. Right. So I think there's a, I just want to put that out there for people wanting to explore a creative output you don't you don't have to be good at it initially you may not even be good at it for a long time and right. your story is so inspirational and in that you know even you had the a little bit of the I don't know what the word is um, resistance of a sibling being better at it than you were initially and yet you still managed to really you know succeed at it so right. thank you so thank you for that <laughs> Yeah, I I want to say just a little bit about that. You know, sure. when you're seven, you don't really know, you know, right? <laughs> who's good at something and who's not so good at something. I mean, at least I didn't. I just knew what I liked and what I wanted to do. And I explored it. And I think if we would give ourselves permission to do that and be that way as adults, we would be able to find our way into the things that we in our deepest, most secret mind want right. to do so very much. And I just really think it's important to honor those quiet whisperings. Beautiful and very inspirational. Thank you. You're listening to Your Creative Chord Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Lee Hodgins. If you love this content, please join my mail list at yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. That's your creative chord, C H O R D, yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. No spaces in between anything. And if you join my mail list, you will be the first to know of new content. Plus, you'll get my free checklist of top 10 things to help you reach your goals. Whether you're a creator or looking to explore your creative side, this checklist will help you prioritize and focus for results. That's yourcreativecord.com forward slash get inspired here. Back to the interview with Kristen Baum. Moving on, you just talked a little bit about um, the fact that you do some creative collaborations. You just came back from a, a residency. Can you tell us more about what kind of creative collaborations you're doing or have done and what you plan to continue doing? There are a lot of different ways that I do collaborate. Of course, every time I do a film score, I'm collaborating right. with a director and I am in constant conversation with the story. Mm -hmm. 
I uh, sometimes have written songs uh, for end credits, and a lot of times that ends up being a collaboration. Sometimes I'm writing a portion of the lyrics, and then I'll bring someone else in to write, you know, a remainder of lyrics uh, to collaborate on um, the actual creation of the music itself. Sometimes I do create the lyrics. So um, it's, um, I'm happy that I do uh, study poetry. <laughs> That's one of the things I'm really, really happy about. Um, and then I, um, in my writing, I have just embarked on a collaboration with a co-writer who um, really shares my love of fairies and fairy tales and my absolute delight for Kate DiCamillo novels. <laughs> um, so, uh, so she's been suggesting for a couple of years, you know, we should write a book together. We should write a book together. And oh. uh, yes. And so finally I said, Oh, you're really serious about this. You really do want to, you know, you're not just saying it. Okay. Um, and so we sat down this summer wow. and started uh, talking about doing it. And we saw a residency that, you know, seemed like, well, maybe this would fit, you know, and, you know, maybe we'll apply for this. And so we did on a lark, not thinking that we would get it. And she promptly booked, um, you know, uh, a flight home to see her, her uh, family. And, um, <laughs> and when we got the notice that we were selected, that we were part of, um, the people who matched with the mission of the program, uh, we were wow. a bit surprised at first, kind of floored. And <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And so we got this, you know, opportunity to do this kind of two week residency uh, in the wilderness with no internet and no Wi-Fi, wow. so that we could really sink into story. So where was this? It was in Oregon as part of the wow. Oregon University program. Yeah. Yeah. Just really incredible. Oregon State University has a program, a Spring Creek Project um, program, and um, they do residencies for a variety of things throughout the year. And then they have these two spots where they do two-week collaborative creative retreats. So. And they just send you there and you work together without any kind of supervision or guideline? You just have to show your work pretty much at the end of it? And it's less even showing your work at the end of it. It's uh, kind of more like, you know, what did you create and what can you leave behind? So it's really beautiful. Wow. Love it. It's so um, inspirational as far as um, the sinking into the nature and the natural world there. And it's in uh, the part of the coastal range that's just it's considered rainforest. And wow. so it's fastest growing trees on the earth and what a beautiful setting for fairy tale inspiration that's amazing <laughs> i mean you can just see them floating around out there yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were just um delighted and inspired to work on our story there a book is a big project Huge, yes and how yeah. did you meet this co-writer how did you know this person I knew this person because we have been a part of a writing class, uh, a writing, um, like oh a my. network, a group. Yes. My group. Yeah. I left my words in the wilderness. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, we're in a critique group together. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that's neat. So in LA, you just regularly go, you have regular writers group meetings where you share work and you critique each other and learn from each other. And that's where you met. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great thing. So, so we're looking forward to reading a book by you. And and what's your co-writer's name? My co-writer is Janine Pibel. 
and that's the residency that you literally just came back from yesterday. Exactly. Yes. Oh, I'm very, that's such a, I just want, I feel like I'm reading the book. It's so inspiring and, and relaxing <laughs> to hear that story. It's what all creators want is this, this opportunity to get away and just be immersed in nature and, and let the, and, and engage with someone else that's creative and bounce ideas off of each other. So what was that like? What was that process like once you were there? Oh my goodness. Um, we spent every day kind of going out and immersing in the, the, uh, natural world that was Love nearby oh. without trying to engage the bears and the mountain lions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta be careful. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So we did take some caution. Um, but just to spend time in the woods, in the wilderness, in the enchanted forest, <laughs> we spent kind of time apart thinking and immersing, and then we would come together and work uh, together on um, just basically sinking into character studies about our uh, fabulous characters in our book. So you already have kind of an outline and you've already got characters that you're, you've got a work in progress. We have a work in progress. I'm just amazed at, all, again, all the different directions that you're creative. <laughs> you're so creative in so many different ways. Lyrics, poetry, music, film scoring, and then writing a book. It's, yes. it's all, it's amazing. <laughs> it, and, you know, I think that the variety is a portion of the thing that I need as a creative. So mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, I mean, not everyone is like that. Right. Not everyone has so many different focuses. Um, some people are very single pointed. Right. And so it just is, a, you know, a personal, unique kind of need that I feel for myself. Well, you're, you're, you're doing it really well. And, and if, if we didn't have them before, you're certainly a wonderful example of a role model for young women or women who have been holding back from, you know, pursuing some creative thing. I'm so excited to, for others to hear this, to, you know, because you're just going for it. You just, you just get up and go for it. I love it. I do. Yes. That, that, has also been a process of learning to do that and learning to be kind of my own self-starter. I know you've, you've just kind of elaborated on your creative collaborations. And I know there are many, as you say, your, your personal way of working is that you thrive on that variety, but I want to kind of bring us back a little bit back into the film scoring track and ask you know, for a lot, a lot of listeners may be aspiring composers or people interested in how did you get work? How do you get clients? How did you get involved with these film know, scores? That's or, a big question, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, so I worked uh, at Chris's first um, right, right. typing. We know that part. Yeah. And then by the end of that week of typing, they invited me to stay on as an intern for the project, which was a huge gift because... As we know, I had scored two extremely... <laughs> a minute and a minute and a half. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I got to watch the process from a vantage point that allowed me to see all of the various perspectives and all of the various kind of jobs that go into the creation of a film score. Um, so a wonderful apprenticeship. It was a wonderful apprenticeship. Yes, we, yeah, it was a really big gift again, you know, yeah. when you're saying yes to those things that you're like, your heart is like, oh, you know, right, right. Um, then yeses, I think, can come. So uh, I got to see that. And then I got 
uh, to come in and do some project managing for another um, thing. The work in progress name was Tale of Two Sisters. Um, it ended up being called The Uninvited. Oh. Uh, and so I worked on that um, for a couple of weeks while one of the people was um, gone. And, um, and then in various capacities, I worked on others of the movies. I did a little bit of orchestration on Priest and a little bit on When in Rome. Um, that happened after those two things. After the end of that first um, internship that I did, which was on Untraceable that Diane Lane was in, um, at the end of that, uh, the lead assistant uh, one day said to me, um, and they nicknamed, me, they nicknamed me, they started calling me KB. Hmm. And so he said to me, KB, I have this project that I don't have time to do. It's a um, master's project uh, from the USA film scoring program. Um, should I put your name in for it? And I said, oh, yeah, that would be great. And, um, so I did end up scoring this, uh, project. And so my first project of my own here was, uh, probably a 14 minute ish project. Wow. Beautiful. And, yes. And I got to create for, um, live instruments and wine glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> did you personally select that or did, did they want that? Did the director want that? I personally selected it because it gave kind of a, a quality that I felt was necessary for the film. Interesting. Yes. I'm sorry, what was the name of the film? It was called The Last Time I Saw Rachel. The director was Dave Krzyzewski. Uh We worked together on the score, and then there was a scoring session at the end of it in which I had, I think, seven seven players. It just was kind of uh, a dream. And not all of the projects that I've done have been mm -hmm. like that. Not all of them have had money for recording live instruments. Um, but it just was a really great first project to be able to do all on my own. It was my first IMDB um, credit, credit as, yeah. you know, the composer, basically. And then after that, I also got um, a referral from Chris's office for a feature film that Ooh. I ended up doing for a director in Canada, Paul Marin. And um, he had done a project. He had met Chris Young um, as uh, a fan, basically, of his music, as a really, mm -hmm. you know, um, knowledgeable fan of all of Chris's scores. Wow. And Chris was not able to do the project, but it, it got handed off to me to do wow. Um, and so uh, we worked together on on that. And so those were my first, basically, two credits. And after that, it was kind of like, oh, how do I figure out how to make this happen on my own? It's not all going to be, you know, referral. <laughs> yeah. But that's a pretty amazing thing. But before you go on to that, do you remember the name of the film that you did for Paul Marin? Yes. The first film I did for Paul Marin was called My Wife is a Vampire. Totally fun. I got to do some. Um, music that really kind of pushed the envelope, which I love doing, um, kind of, kind of uh, far out, funky, mm -hmm. um, you know, Danny Elfman-esque kind of, I love that. Yeah. you know, style and stuff. So that was really, yeah, it was really fun. First of all, congratulations. It's an amazing thing to be able to get a referral from someone like Christopher Young is a dream for many people. I mean, that's an amazing fortune that you have 
but also you earned it. And I can see that if you didn't have the skills, you wouldn't have gotten those referrals. And then your next step was, okay, well, I, I'm not going to continue um, expecting referrals. <laughs> what do I do next? <laughs> it was, it was a slow kind of figuring out of how, you know, how the town works and where to go. And so basically I started going out and trying to figure out where do I find directors and where do I meet people? And um, one of my explorations was of Film Independent, which is a great place uh, for meeting directors. What was it? A film what? Film Independent. Okay. So there's an organization in town called Film Independent, and uh, it has an acronym F-I-N-D, which I'm not sure what that stands for, but both of those go together. And uh, it's just a a phenomenal organization um, that is a resource for independent filmmaking. And they do, they're very active in town. They, they are constantly doing mixers of different kinds. Like meetups. Yeah. Yeah. Meetups and um, let's see, kind of promotional things. So they'll do quarterly um, indie links, basically they call them and they'll do different spotlights like on collaborative people that would be, you know, directors might be seeking. Basically opening the the way for people to find others necessary for collaborative projects in film making specifically like exactly. crews yeah. and directors and yes. uh, maybe screenwriters and composers and all that anybody that might be creating a reel of their stuff uh, so editors um people that do lighting what are they called again <laughs> i don't know <laughs> cinematographers oh cinematography yes yes yeah, we, you might need to go back out to the Enchanted Forest for a while to regroup. <laughs> I know, to go and find my words that I clearly left on the ground there. <laughs> it's basically a resource for anyone of any capacity that behind the making of a film to find people to collaborate with. That's a wonderful thing, and, and that's in L.A., people. Yes, it's in L.A., and there, I think, is a branch in New York as well that's active. Makes sense, yeah. So you went out and met people and started finding film directors, meeting people, and I did. Yes. the rest is history, basically. And you have a lot of film scores under your belt already. Thank you. I yeah. do. Yeah, I've done a ton of things. Thanks for listening to Your Creative Chord Podcast. I'm Jenny Lee Hodgins. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help me by leaving a review on iTunes or share this link with your social media. You can also forward the link to this podcast by email to your friends. Thanks for helping spread the word so your Creative Chord podcast can continue bringing you inspiring interviews and stories. And if you loved this content, please join my mail list at yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. You'll be the first to know of new content, plus you'll get my free checklist of top 10 things to help you reach your creative goals. If you want to explore creativity, hear about other creators, or get inspiring stories to empower you, please join me at yourcreativechord.com forward slash get inspired here. Thanks for listening.